everybody. You're tuning in to Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right. It's me. Oh my god. Alright. So, I'll be lying to you. First off, I apologize for the horrible audio mixing. In the last episode, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, my only excuse is that, I don't know, man, I was out of practice. Oh, and uh, happy Black History Month. I figured we'd, uh, you know, celebrate some Black History Month by talking about some, uh, some, uh, some black feminism. Also, uh, the other thing is, I just can't stop thinking about the serious amount of phony baloney that's happened to me since I've been transgender. Uh, you know, like, the, the thing is, is that, uh, I, I had a whole lot of really liberal friends, like, a, a whole lot of really, really tremendously liberal friends. And I've, I've met a lot of really liberal people. And the weirdest thing is that the, the people who are maybe the best about this, that, that are uh, the least annoying, are uh, just regular straight people. And also just uh, people who don't... Uh, think that they know everything about trans people like people that are like I don't know anything about that like those people I don't have problems with I don't have problems with those people what I have problems with are the people who think they know stuff that's wrong and uh, I think we're all used to the sort of person that's like I think I know stuff and it's wrong, like, climate change deniers, like, those people, they think they know stuff, and it's wrong, um, uh, people that say that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, like, those people think they know stuff, but they're wrong, um, uh, what else is crazy, Uh, there's a lot of crazy nonsense, I mean, the flat earthers, you know, they think they know stuff, but they're wrong, the QAnon people, yeah, remember when the fucking White House got attacked by itself, um, the QAnon people think they know a whole lot of stuff, they think they know so much stuff, but they don't, they, it's all, it's all nonsense, so, it's really, it's tough when, uh, when somebody thinks that they know something and is, uh, inflexible or incapable of seeing someone else's perspective. And, uh, this is, this is, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a long intro to the intersectional feminism episode, but Becky identifies as an intersexual feminist. And, uh, you know, if you have a social media account, you very well may also identify as an intersectional feminist. And I kind of just started to, you know, like, I've met, I met some intersectional feminists 
recently who were not in practice intersectional feminists at all. And I and I, and it's just like, how is this happening? Like, how how are people? Like, where is the accountability for the intersectionality in practice? I guess that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm not sure. Because <laughs> <'cause> the <laughs> the whole reason that we have to have intersectional feminism, and we'll get into it. The whole reason that we have to have it is because. You know, second wave feminists were really uh, non-inclusive, <laughs> and some of them, some of them, some of them are. I'm not talking about everybody, but the you know the first and the second wave of feminism uh, seems to have benefited white women the most. And in 1989, Kimberly Crenshaw, uh, a law professor in America was like, you know, I think we need a new type of feminism or at least a new word for what, uh, for what, for what feminism, uh, is and should be evolving into. And she called it intersectional feminism. And the way that she describes it is a prism for seeing the way in which various forms of inequality often operate together and exacerbate each other. So that's the intersectional part. Overlapping, overlapping identities, compounding discrimination, exacerbating inequalities. Uh, so I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, the right wingers <laughs> uh, making jokes about how, like, you know, uh, everybody in the the left wing is just trying to elect like queer, black, disabled uh, candidates because they're queer, black, and disabled, and it's like, you know, um, like, yeah. That's actually, that's actually the point. Like, the whole point is that before now, you have oppressed and discredited people with that perspective so thoroughly that you would never elect them to office. And now there's kind of a double-edged sword where by acknowledging uh, the need for representation of more than just a handful of demographics, then, uh, yeah, there's gonna be people that you haven't, uh, talked to or worked with before that you're now talking to and working with. That's, that's how that works. So, um, it's unbelievable. It's just like kind of, it's kind of, you know, um, and we're going to get into it, but it's, it's, it's kind of like the thing that makes intersectional feminism so good and so important is also the thing that its opposition goes straight for to discredit it. 
that's that's kind of it's kind of an unwelcome side effect of this brand of feminism and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about uh you know the pitfalls and i'm not i again i identify as an intersexual feminist so i i don't think that any sort of ideology or any sort of philosophy is without pitfalls i don't i don't see that i don't i don't understand how how you can claim uh to not have any weak points you know like almost everything everything has a weak point you know so there are inevitably pitfalls but you know why do things why do things inevitably have pitfalls is it because of the design or is it because of the way that people use it and that's that's what we're going to get into uh by categorizing and identifying and uh labeling everything in order to bring attention to uh, who needs the most help and why and how to empathize and how to uh, reach out across minority boundaries and understand the shared experience uh, an unwelcome side effect of that is a whole lot of labels and uh, people like to abuse labels uh, like crazy you know there's always that one kid in class that uh, that puts like a quadrillion stickers onto everything and has like has like a, a 16 subject binder even though they're only taking like five classes so like you know you know what are all those subjects why do they all have so many stickers and you know are you really helping yourself stay organized for class or are you gonna completely abandon this like 16 folder like you know 50 sticker system in about three days because you can't even fucking keep up with it yourself and before you know it you're missing assignments and you're turning shit late and then you're pointing fingers and and that's 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 kind of been my experience with some of these some of these some of these intersexual feminists i, I met a particularly bad one and i've just been trying to process you know how it is that somebody can use something so good as like a mask you know <laughs> and people do this all the time and people used to accuse well i mean they don't used to people still accuse because men are still doing it men will still claim to be feminists to get laid and not actually practice any feminist beliefs or have any sort of you know uh sense of equality in mind and there are also women who use feminism as a weapon you know so i i think that uh you know you standing up for yourself is is an essential an essential thing 
but standing up for yourself like on top of somebody else's corpse is kind of the opposite of what is kind of the opposite of what uh what the whole what the whole message is um and i just realized that uh i said uh some shit that i just disagree with uh you know i i I don't think that anybody's gender has is any indication of whether or not they're going to be a feminist. However, I will say that um, I I know so many people who have a distorted view of what feminism is, and I, I kind of feel like if you if you really look at the history of feminism, it it kind of explains itself. Um, and you might be wondering, Becky, you have not said, like, a positive thing about intersexual feminism, like, in a while now. It's, like, you know, ten minutes in. When's it gonna happen? And, and that's, the truth is, is that I really believe that feminism is, is a motor, an engine of progress. And that just like actual cars, you know, it's going to take about at least a hundred years or so to get something that sort of resembles a safe trip around town. And then after that, still, we got to deal with like all the other problems that come from the cars. Do you know what I mean? Like we've had cars for, for, for over a hundred years now. Um, and, uh, you know, in the beginning, only, only really rich people could have cars, and they were super, uh, noisy and disgusting, and, uh, full of flaws, and I kind of feel like feminism is the same way, and, uh, while I don't love the car that I bought from intersectional feminism, I'm still like optimistic that like intersectional feminism is the is the most likely feminism to like go electric. So, uh, does that make any sense? And you know there are people talking about trans feminism, and I I don't I don't really I, like trans feminism like is intersectional feminism. So, <laughs> and 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 here's the deal: the the reason I stopped and the reason I started having a tangent is because I said something about how you know men sometimes pretend to be feminist, and then women use it as a weapon. I think that's just super stupid of me to say. Because not only am I, you know, speaking in the binary, but I'm also acknowledging the difference between women weaponizing, you know what I mean? Like, it's also soaked in misogyny. I, sometimes I, sometimes I just, sometimes I piss myself off. And if you'd be amazed, uh, sometimes I get so pissed at myself, I, I can't do anything. But, uh, the, the truth is, you know trying to sleep with somebody pretending to be a feminist is also weaponizing feminism like that so all of it is weaponized you know if you're using an ideology as a weapon I, I i don't know i mean at the same time like isn't that how you isn't that isn't that how progress is made i'm not sure but uh my point is is that uh 
in the evolution of this car that we call feminism, we're still kind of halfway through. So, if you're sitting on the sidelines saying, that shit's dangerous, you're gonna fucking fly through the windshield at any moment, it's just like fucking, like, everybody knows. Like, it's not, it's not perfect. But, it is a hell of a lot better than walking around. At least long distance. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, uh... You know, why 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 am I an intersectional feminist? It's the best option around. It includes trans people. And, uh... In theory, it's super fucking solid. Like, I love it. The problem with it, and we're gonna get into it, is in practice, it kind of just is like a... It's just... <laughs> too many labels, too many categories, and also... You know, you can only make so many choices. Uh, after a while, the choices, they get overwhelming. And I, nobody's making choices. As far as, like, an individual level is concerned. But, like, our government and the systemic oppression, like, the systemic discrimination that people experience, the things that could really, truly benefit women people of color, trans people, immigrants, refugees, minorities, all of these people that really need help in a systemic, infrastructural way, um, at least, you know, like, you know, it, intersectional feminism as a concept has been around for 30 years. If it has been working, then why are black people still being killed by police on a regular basis? Why are trans people still being murdered? Why why is the systemic oppression staying the same or getting worse? Uh, obviously, it's not working out too well. So in practice, I think it can probably, you know, use a couple upgrades. And uh, I think it's, it's more than enough time... Uh, to start putting some airbags on this fucking car. I don't, I don't have any. I don't have any uh, immediate plans, but I think it's important to to highlight that I see a lot of people using intersectional feminism almost as just kind of a way to just say, "Well, I know about this, so I can't be the problem," and then they don't really change anything about their lives or the way they see the world or even maybe who they vote for they just fucking they just it's unbelievable so how you know is there anything wrong with intersectional feminism i think it's like you know i think it's the new electric car i think it's i think it's gonna go far but in practice, we don't have the gas stations for it yet. And people are people are just kind of like, you know, they're not really doing it. They're not really doing it. I don't live in California, so I don't know. In Kentucky, there's, I, might, I will say, there's a guy in my neighborhood who got a Tesla. I don't know, I don't know how or why, but he has, he built like a little, a little, he, it, it's like a, t it's just like, it's like a, such a Kentucky garage. It's a garage with no walls. It's just, you know, it's a carport, but like Kentucky style. So it just has like, you know, it's got shingles and it like looks like a little house, but it's just a fucking carport. You know what I mean? Um, not everybody has an electric car. 
So, uh, that's like the, that's like the only guy I know. Also, I, I've heard, again, you know, like, Teslas are dope. I've heard that they're super heavy and that they tear up the roads. That's what I've heard. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing is perfect. This is all I gotta say. And... I will say that the people weaponizing intersectional feminism as kind of a, a thing to push themselves up and above everybody else is a real bad problem that I see all the time everywhere. Also, people just posting it on social media and then and then not doing anything about their lives. Like, um, you know, I, all I'm going to say is if you're an ally, it's something that you do. It's not something that you say that you are. Nobody identifies as an ally. I don't know. People, people, they're always like, oh, the LGBTQAI, that means LGBT blah, 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 allies, you know? No, if such for fucking asexual, like allies, being an ally is not a fucking identity. It's not a fucking identity. It's just something you do. It's a fucking verb. Allyship is, I guess, is an adverb? I'm going to look it up. I'm screaming. Is allyship an adverb? Okay, so allyship is the state or condition of being an ally, but an ally is a verb. So it's a state of doing something. A condition, you know, a condition has to be met with an action. It's got to be met with something else. So, it's not a noun. You can't just be like, I am ally. That's ridiculous. Like, I am trans. Uh, my friend is bi. Uh, you can't be an ally. That's something you have to live by. An instant poem. Fuck everybody. I just, what is up with it? You know what I mean? Just fucking do it. It's a fucking verb. But yeah, so I've, I've been trying to figure it out. I've been trying to figure it out. How can it be that someone who identifies as an intersectional feminist can miss the point so thoroughly that they end up being like a supremacist? Like this is, this is, this is, this is the, you know, this is the end of, this is the end, the end of the outline. I'm, I'm cutting straight there. I'm getting straight to it. The end of the outline is... Why are people so bad at being intersexual feminists? Why are they so bad? What about it is so difficult? Um, and I think I think we need to we need to acknowledge suffering and oppression uh, are shared experiences, and uh, you can't tell just by looking at somebody. Uh, what their identity is, or how many identities they have, or, uh, or, or, or how, how they, how they stack up on the intersectionality scale. You can't tell just by looking at somebody. And I've met, I've met enough performative ally, you know, pseudo-intersexual feminists who, who their, their goal seems to be, um... Not necessarily like equalizing the support, but you know, strategically marketing their allyship for their own gain. That's that's what I've seen. 
using Black Lives Matter to advance your own self instead of using Black Lives Matter to uh, support the cause. You know, are you supporting the cause or are you supporting yourself? I, I'm not sure with, with most of these people. And I understand that, like, it's 2020 and things are different, but I just, I, I still remember a time where uh, people didn't, I, I was like a baby, but I was like a kid when, when people didn't even have cell phones. That And that was like, that was like, that was, that was, these were better times, I feel like. Because now, you go to the protest, and you take your selfie, and you go home. Uh, you know, and, and the other problem is, is that, you know, you go to the protest, you die. You die in the fucking protest, and, you know, everybody's just, you know, sharing the meme. Yeah, you're going to be shared in a meme a lot. But, you know, are you really a martyr? Does anybody remember you? I'm worried about that. I, I kind of feel like this year there have been so many casualties. Uh, that nobody cares. I think we've just become completely desensitized to it. And, and somehow... Somehow... Uh, People have distorted intersectional feminism to mean shitting on and tearing down who they perceive to be privileged, you know, white cisgender men, um, and it's true that, you know, if you're a white cisgender man, the amount of compounded uh, discrimination that you can have is kind of, there's a bit of a limit to it. Um, but it is important to acknowledge that, uh, someone that looks like a white man might not be just a white man. They might be a trans man. They might be a bisexual man. They might be a gay man. They might be, uh, asexual, they might be gender fluid, they might be, they might be, uh, disabled, they might be a veteran, they might be, uh, you know, a secret poet, you don't even know, why would you, why would you assume, why would you assume, and, again, I, I just, I guess I'm at a loss. To me, the, the most supportive thing to do is to talk to people like people, to listen to them, to hear their story, to hear their perspective, and to make them uh, feel welcome and important and special and included. And I don't, I don't know... I don't know if worshipping your person of color friend just because they're a person of color is that because if you're giving someone an insane amount of extra special attention you're still othering them um 
you know, I it's easy for me to have this perspective because I've I've like broken so many bones. And they, it happened to me when I was younger too. So like uh, whenever I whenever I had a new cast or something, people they would always be like, "Oh, okay, let's make them feel better." You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, what what's the plan for that? We're gonna they're gonna show our support for this person by like like crowding around and like bumping and and like nudging your limb in a cast. Well, everybody gets to sign it and just like write like a picture to themselves on it and you're just sitting there like fucking like my arm hurts you know what i mean or my leg hurts or fucking whatever's broken this time you know what i mean after the third time people were just kind of like they're just doing like mini art projects on your cast and shit and it's like are am i or am i not being turned into a billboard for someone else's shit you know, and, and th that's what I feel like, what I feel like uh, some people are doing to the Black Lives Matter movement and what I feel like some people are doing to intersectional feminism is, is that they're going, oh, that person has a cast. I'm going to write my name all over it. I'm going to, can I have half your cast? Can I write my name on half your cast? And that's just all it is. I'm fucking over this shit. And I, I, I just don't understand it. Support, confront white people that say crazy, crazy things about Black Lives Matter. That's what your responsibility should be. Your responsibility should not be singling out your black friend to make them seem like some sort of genius just because you want to look like a motherfucker with the black friend, you know? I I can't even get over it. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. And you know, being trans, you have a, a lot of the similar problems. <laughs> and uh, it's not the same. It's just I'm just saying there are there are similar problems. You can't be mad about anything. You can't be uh, you can't be you can't let your sadness show. You have to put on a mask. You have to perform. Um, man, it just fucking reminds me of the KZ-47, but like, the thing about it is who is benefiting from intersectional feminism? I hope that the trend works. I hope that... You know, this has been around since 1989. We're going on, we're going on 32 years of intersectional feminism, and uh, dare I say that the people who are the people who are benefiting the most from feminism are still white women. So, um, you know. It's not a perfect thing. None of it is perfect. No, no ideology is perfect. It's just, it's just not, it's just not, it's not possible. But there are uh, updates. You know what I mean? There's improvements. And this is, I think, it's just about the best. It's the best. It's the best version out there. Uh, if you want, if you want to download it and run it on your system, I, I recommend it. There's not as many bugs, but. Um, 
you know, it just kind of drives me nuts. Like, are you using your allyship to distinguish yourself from others, or are you just being an ally? That's what I don't understand. Like, if you don't even, do you even need to announce allyship? That's what I want to know. Like, if you are talking to people in your daily life about things that allies talk about, then no one wonders. No one that has met me wonders about my political beliefs. No one. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't like to get political too often, but my social beliefs are very strong. I talk about them all the time. And, you know, if I see something in public that's, like, bizarre or, or disgusting, uh, I talk about it and I confront people. And it's, it's, it's really scary sometimes. Um, but I don't understand what it is about... Uh, intersectional feminism that gives people such a high... I think it's just, uh, they're misusing the term for their own benefit, and they're, uh, you know, again, it's supremacy, like, if, if you're announcing your beliefs are superior to someone else's every 10 seconds or so that's the same as being a supremacist like that's what a supremacist does like if you're if, if all you're doing is shutting like I'm not saying I don't shut people down I'm just saying I have honest conversation about how I feel and how things affect me if you have honest conversations about how you feel and how things affect you then people you're not you're not you're not shutting someone else's down you're just giving your perspective uh, and, and some people they go about this the totally wrong way you know like I I, I was watching some this is that follow the stupid Facebook page sapphics for Satan I like sapphics for Satan and they just made a post they were like I wish people didn't hate the word lesbian so much I love being a lesbian and I was like yeah hell yeah I love being a lesbian Woo-hoo. You know, or at least I used to. You know, it was a fun thing. And somebody said, uh, I would never brag about being a gatekeeper. And I was like, damn, that's kind of salty. And then somebody else was like, you know, why would you brag about being a turf? And it was just like, folks, like, people are, people are allowed to be lesbians. <laughs> people are allowed to be lesbians. Um, you don't need to clump all trans-exclusionary radical feminists as lesbians. I think that that's incorrect and and, uh, lesbophobic and just, like, made up. A a lot of the lesbians... Sorry, a lot of the TERFs I've met are straight women. And, uh... You know, it's... I think it should go without saying, but it's not very intersectional to hate lesbians. <laughs> oh man, Audre Lord, you know what I mean? Like Audre Lord, like she like 
she she paved the way for for so many so many so many things and it's underlord is like og mad about it you know what i mean like she she's she's very pro anger she's very pro black she's very pro lesbian she's a black lesbian warrior poet uh uh and she's a black female lesbian warrior poet and um the thing about it is that trans people that shit on feminism or are afraid of feminism are misinformed and they probably met some of the same sorts of feminists I've met. And you kind of just have to have a strong resolve and understand that, like, the infrastructure of the ideology does encompass trans people. And there isn't really a mainstream popular movement for us besides intersectional feminism. So until, you know... Until, I don't know, something else comes along. Until until they get flying cars. I'm going to go with this super snazzy electric one called intersectional feminism. And that's my two cents. And uh, it depresses me when I see that, you know, trans and genderqueer and asexual and non-binary people are... Some of them are waging Tumblr wars on lesbians, and I think that's fucking stupid and annoying and a huge waste of time, and I think it's ridiculous to have uh, conflict within the community. And also, again, I think intersectional feminism is supposed to be like an agent of calm for those tensions that's like that's this this is what's supposed to this is what's supposed to uh to uh make everybody work together that's that's what the, that's what that's what the goal is work together to help each other out recognize the common uh the common needs and recognize when someone is uh giving their their standpoint view and respecting it uh when someone's telling you their perspective you have to just listen and i think intersectional feminism at its core is telling everybody to just shut up and listen so i again i think it's i think it's about just about the most outrageous thing that there is that uh I had, uh, I mean, there's no other way to explain it, but I, 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 a lesbian mansplained intersectional feminism to me a couple months ago, and completely, in practice, butchered every single part of it. So, there's obviously some reckless drivers on the road, that's all I'm gonna say. And, uh... Yeah, I hope, you know, I hope you give it some thought. Again, you know, being an ally is a verb, and uh, at its core, intersectional feminism is allyship in practice. So, um, I hope you all have a wonderful time practicing your allyship. You gotta be a practicer. It just is what it is. So...
Okay, and oh, I forgot to mention, I've got a hell of a playlist coming up. I, I caught up on some music. 2020 was a really, really good year for trans music. Just about the best trans music year ever. And uh, it's funny, because in the past, the playlist, I've been very fixated on women and lesbian music perspectives. That's That's been my focus. And I'll be honest, I'll level with you. That is just like my own personal bias and practice. But, you know, my perspective has shifted, and now my biases have shifted, so now I've got a whole trans playlist coming up, and I'm pretty fucking stoked about it. It's a really good playlist. Um, just go ahead and just give you a couple spoilers for it. You should really check out Mobby Phoenix. Holy shit. And you should check out uh, 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 Left at London. I'm sure you've already checked out Left at London. But Left at London has a new 2020 album that is just fucking unbelievably good. And there's a ton of, there's so much good stuff on the playlist. Just about everything is just completely unbelievable. I'm a, I've been listening to it all the time. So, all right, I'll I'll get that playlist together and uh, I'll get a another episode here eventually explaining all the artists as best I can. Sometimes I do a poop job at that, but I'm going to do a better job. So, uh, ta-ta for now. Bye-bye.